Greetings and welcome to the Veteran Power Hour. I repeat, welcome to the Veteran Power Hour. Here on Monco Radio. Today is Friday, March 4th. I am your host, Matthew Benko, and we're going to jump right into today's Thank You for Your Service portion interview today. And is with Montgomery County Community College student Brandon Bailey. And also, he was a former student employee as well. It's a really, we had a really good conversation, and I, I look forward to you listening to it. Thank you for tuning in and listening on Monco Radio or accessing this on the podcast. As always, thank you for your time. I appreciate you tuning in and listening. And as a reminder, go to Facebook Veteran Power Hour to give uh, the Veteran Power some feedback. And we look forward to staying connected with you. Enjoy. And until next time, take care. Welcome to the thank you for your service portion of today's Veteran Power Hour. My featured guest today is a Montgomery County Community College student. And in addition to being a student, he ha- he was a student worker with us as well in the past. Brandon Bailey, thanks for being here. Uh, yeah, uh, what, what they call that on the radio show? Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you are welcome, and it's it's really I'm really looking forward to our conversation. We talked a little bit before we we started uh, our conversation and our our uh, formal interview. But you know, you, you you got a little bit of a background of what this represents. You know, I I told you about what thank you the thank you for your service portion is just to highlight your military service and just to see where you're at, just just to hear your hear about your military experience and mm-hmm. to share that. So, um, I'll kick it off with with what, what branch of service were you in? I was Army. Okay, and you you were in the Army. Now, are we talking active duty, National Guard, Reserve? I was active duty. Uh, I originally was going to do reserved, but I was talked out of it uh, from a mentor of mine back in high school. Okay. So, all right, you, you went active duty. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, I always find it interesting because there, there's, there's multiple options for us to, you know, there's five branches of service or now six, I think, with the Space Force, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and like I said, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the day I actually got somebody from the Space Force on the thank you for your service, but... Uh, <laughs> But uh, what 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 motivated you to join the U.S. Army? Like sometimes I say, hey, did the U.S. Army find you, or did you find the Army? Um, it was more. I say I found the Army. Um, I did a junior ROTC in high school at Narsen Area High School. Um, did that for a straight four years. Became became cadet battalion commander. Did a bunch of stuff there. It was a lot of fun. Okay. Um, and then went to the Army right after. Um, and I would say the the big. I guess I was just allured by it was like the biggest one. Um, I knew of the benefits and stuff of college. I didn't know how extensive they were, but I knew there was like benefits of joining and getting out and stuff. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't the main reason I joined. Um, it was, it really was just the fact of like, you know, it, I guess you could say the gung ho attitude of like, yeah, let's do this. Your army. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember at the time I was the only one who I, I know other people that did it afterwards a little bit, but at the time of my graduation, I was the only one in my class that had signed up for the army. Um, at that point, there was like a couple other people who did Marines and I think like one Navy okay. um, and my one buddy did Air Force. So, yeah. 
All right, you go Air Force. <laughs> um, <laughs> Army's better. <laughs> yeah. um, no, so, so so you went right in right after high school, right? So you, you graduated yeah. high school, um, and then you you went right in a few months after, right? So well, you, you graduated high school in June, I, I assume. Um, yeah, it was June of 2012, which now that reminds me, I have my I think my high school reunions this year actually. Oh wow, it comes up quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and then you went in. So what what, what month uh, did, did you go away to basic training? Uh, I started basic in January. Okay. Um, so if I remember correctly, it was specifically January 3rd. Okay. So a nice way to start off the new year, huh? Yeah. Well, it, it was a nice little trick. Uh, it went, when I – so when we – it was uh, – I was initially supposed to go to uh, – what was it? Fort uh, – what's that? I'm trying to remember. It was the fort in Georgia. It's like leaving me. Uh, fort Benning? Yeah, Fort Benning. I was supposed to go there, and it's – they swapped me last minute to Fort uh, Jackson okay. in South Carolina. So I ended up going there. And for the first week while you're going through orientation of getting all your gear and stuff, as a, you know, because the stuff you need to start training, uh, it was really warm. I was like, oh, wow, if it stays this warm, it might have be all that bad going through basic. Like, hey, it's going to be great. It's, you know, yeah. South Carolina. It shouldn't be all that cold and stuff. Yeah, this should be fine. Man, when the day came where we got on the bus and basic training has started, and, you know, we're going through the whole thing. We go to our new barracks and are dealing with our drill sergeants and stuff like that. That day forward, until we graduated in March, because I was one of the last cycles that still had a longer uh, basic training. I think nowadays it's, it's like six or seven weeks. For me, it was like 11 or 12 weeks. Okay. Um, uh, it was <laughs> it was so cold <laughs> for the entire time once training started. I was like, Why? Why? <laughs> Yeah. Who well, did this? <laughs> yeah, because you, you're thinking South Carolina, like you said, South Carolina. Ah, it's gonna be nice, but yeah, it, it wasn't. Huh? It's a nice place. It's and it's also nicer when you're not freezing your ass off outside. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. That's I, I always find it interesting because the the army has several you know uh, forts and, and bases where they conduct basic training, um, mm-hmm. and it, it, it's it's really I shouldn't I don't know. If, it's not that it's not standardized, but like with, with Air Force, you're going to Lackland Air Force Base. With the Marines, you're going Paris Island or, or mm-hmm. on the West Coast. I, I forget the name of the of, of the place. And I think Navy just has one. Yeah, one, I, they only got like one spot. It's, it's somebody in the Great Lakes. And I think the. So it's interesting. I, I'm always um, intrigued to hear uh, when I'm talking with somebody who served in the U.S. Army where their basic was and how they get how they they started their training so for for you it's Fort jackson right yeah <laughs> and and i heard i heard you reference your your high school um what high school was that when you were in junior rotc uh Norristown area high school okay so so all right so you're you're that's i wanted to ask you what your hometown was and where did you enlist from so was that Norristown, pennsylvania yeah, it, it it's pretty much Norristown. I was actually I was I, I was born in South Philly, and I moved back and forth between uh, living with my grandmother, then my mom, um, then my dad, and it, it, I had a little run about growing up. But essentially, I, I ended up settling in Norristown. Okay, um, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. I always find it, you know, I I I want you know if you don't mind talking about it a little bit about it, like because not all high schools have an, a junior ROTC, right? And mm-hmm. if they do, it's it's usually linked to one branch of service, right? The way I understand it, um, yeah. I never experienced it, but just from what what I've heard from from other individuals who had that experience, some schools it's a Navy Junior ROTC. I and Norristown sounds like it was linked to the Army. Is that right? So was it just one branch mm-hmm. of service with the Junior Junior ROTC? 
Yeah, for us, yeah, it was Army. Um, I have seen other schools uh, with different branches. I'm not sure what really dictates as to why they speak, like stick to a specific branch. But yeah, but we were we were Army. In terms of my experience dealing with other school branches, there's not really too much of a difference other than like uniforms and how they do like drill and ceremonies and, and whatnot. Yeah. So how they do like their own like drill movements and what they respond to, it's different to what Army is. Uh, I can't remember the exact commands, but you know, if you tell someone in an, in an army like formation of like whether it's like a platoon squad whatever and tell them to i don't know like half right face or something it's slightly different of a command if it's like for air force i think or something like that okay mm-hmm. oh, that's if nice. i remember correctly it's, it's old knowledge but that's what i can recall yeah and i i, I imagine it really uh, gave you a heads up and, and somewhat of an advantage to go to basic training because you had somewhat of that that initial baseline right is, is that mm-hmm. fair to say Far yeah, yeah. Junior ROTC. Okay. I got enough advice to make sure, like, don't walk around. Uh, it was was my senior army instructor. Uh, he gave me enough advice, uh, and along with the army instructor, they both gave me enough advice to be like, don't walk around like when you go into basic. Don't think you know everything because you don't. <laughs> you know, don't act like you know, and you don't want ever. You don't ever want to be a target for the drill sergeants. Yeah. They, let's say, Marky, you're 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 in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you want to be a, a standout, especially the first two weeks, because it's not for you know to, to get a pat on the back. It's to it's to <laughs> to, to modify certain behaviors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, cool. So, and then one last question, because it's you, you got a really interesting background on and you know how you got into the army. You did junior ROTC, and you you identified your senior year you wanted to go in. So, did you go delayed enlistment where you were able to? sign a contract, you know, um, cause that, that, that was my experience. I know when, when I went to the air force, I did delayed enlistment while I was still a senior in high school. Was that your experience as well? Did you have that option? Yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, for me, I, it, uh, I don't think it even wasn't even an, like, like sort of an option. I think it was something I had to do because at that time it was really, it was, uh, I think overfilled. Like, I think everybody was just like signing up at that time. Oh, um, okay. so I had to wait out the six months. Um, and during that six months of me waiting, um, I worked as a dishwasher uh, for a little bit and then went in. Okay. All right. So oh, no, that's interesting because that, that, that's, um, you know, not everyone does the, the delayed enlistment. It's all based on circumstance and, you know, um, the, the information that they have access to or as far as what, what the option is to get in. So, oh, that's cool. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing that. that that's, that's an interesting. I always, I always, re- I really enjoy hearing um, individuals path to to their respective branch of service um, yeah what's even what's even funnier about it is when i also had to uh uh this the same uh senior army instructor um he he wanted me to um uh what do you call it go to airborne school which i ended up doing but the way for that to happen was that at meps which i went to um uh was at fort dix in new jersey uh i had to get my ears I think it was just for like an equilibrium, so that would make sure I could balance. Um, and it took a while because you have to clean out your ears and stuff for earwax and whatnot. Um, but I was holding off on it because at the time uh, I have never been on a plane before, like ever. Okay. And it was like I think like the last two weeks before I had like went to basic, where I got like a phone call from him, and he was like, "Bailey, did you, you get your did you get that on your contract? Yeah, airborne on your contract?" I'm like. I'm like, describe on contract. He's like, man, you listen here. It's like, all right, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> so I go ahead, I do it. It's on my contract. And 
you know, I go ahead, go through the motions of AIT and stuff, and I pass airborne school, and I get get my airborne wings. So nice. Well, so <laughs> what was that? Where was that through the eighty second airborne, or how how did you get how did you get your jump wings? Uh, so you uh, airborne school is at Fort Benning in Georgia, and it's a three at least when I did it, it was three weeks of training. Okay. Uh, and they they split it off between like one week of doing like this, one week of doing that. Uh, the first week is um. Oh, what was it? We had to, uh, I think we were practicing like jumps off of like ledges and stuff. The yeah. second week was, um, uh, what did we do on the second week? I'm trying to remember all, uh, how we all did it. I remember that, or was some of how the second week? I can't, I can't remember specifically, yeah. but I know that like the third week is when you're jumping out of the plane itself, like, uh, the C 130s. Um, that, that's the best aircraft in the U.S. inventory. I'm a little biased, <laughs> but I appreciate you giving the C-130 a shout-out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have a problem with it. it it's cramped, but it, it, it wasn't all that bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it's a challenging school, though. It's uh, you. Uh, the big thing with it is that uh, they you run everywhere. And I mean you run everywhere. Okay. Even after you eat food, you run. There's yeah. no walking at airport school. If you walk, you're kicked out. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Because the purpose of it, I think, was to make sure your legs are strong enough to handle impacts when you're landing. Because it's it's a pretty hard impact. Yeah. Uh, if you don't if you don't roll properly, um, so you have to make sure that you can handle it and stuff like that. And they're training you very heavily to do that, along with proper rolling and you know how to shoot it, like what it, you know what your shoot is, how it works, and you know what to do in case your main shoot doesn't open, pulley reserve shoot, and stuff like that. Um, a lot of fun. Um, yeah, you know, I mentioned earlier in the conversation that my I never been on a plane before. My my first time going on a plane was going to basic training. Uh, my second time on a plane was jumping out of it in airborne school. Wow. So I haven't even been used to planes yet, and I'm already like, well, I'm jumping out of this. But I, at this point, I was thinking to myself, I, I was 18. I think I had turned 19 in training because it happened during July. Yeah. Um, I was thinking to myself like, I am 19 years old. I'm in this plane, I'm waiting for this green light to happen for the jump master at the door. Yep. And I'm, I'm getting ready to jump out this plane. I'm like, how did I end up here? Like literally last year I was graduating high school. The next year I'm jumping out of an airplane. What did I do? <laughs> I made some very strange decisions in life. <laughs> no, it sounds exciting though. I mean, that's, it was very that, exciting. That's literally uncharted territory for you. And, and that's, you know, where, in my opinion, where we have the most fun and we, we really truly discover ourselves in those moments, you know, um, mm -hmm. as, as quick as they, they come and go, it's, it's forever a, a, a memory, you know, um, mm -hmm. that's cool, man. I, I always love hearing about individuals, uh, airborne training school because, um, you know, you, you like you explained, you go to jump school and, and all that, but there are a lot of MOSs that are that could go to jump school, right? It is, is my mm -hmm. understanding of it. So that just like kind of complements your MOS training. Well, what was your primary MOS in, in the Army? Uh, it, I was a 92 Golf, which is a food operations specialist. And very quick, I was going to also say to that, to the airborne thing, yeah, I also met other units as well. Like even like other like, like I saw like guys from like Af like Africa and stuff. There was oh, wow. uh, oh, it's like one joint dude. service training. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a joint service training, that? so I saw other like branches of military and other places. It was really cool, but uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I was a food operations specialist, basically a cook, and I pretty much uh, after all my training was done, uh, I was stationed at Fort Bragg and worked in a DFAC. Okay. So being a cook is um, it depends like depending on your DFAC, it's either going to be a lot of work or 
not so bad. Um, I had some friends who had defects where they didn't get a whole lot of people going through. Not for me. I had a defect where I think we averaged out, I think around like 600, 800 people. I think it was like per meal. So like usually like the heaviest, like the, like we would tend to get like, I think the most at lunchtime. And, um, and they, and pretty much the NCOs would assign you to like specific places. Like I did like the hotline every now and then. Let's see. Like, I think it was like the vegetable line. If I remember correctly, I can't remember all the names. That's pretty cool because, you know, the fact that you got to go to airborne school and jump school, I mean, that, that, that's a tactical decision by the Department of Defense, especially the, the United States Army, right? So mm-hmm. so it just shows you how every every job in the, in the military, regardless if it's Army, Air Force, it all has its critical role in it. Now, not everyone is the, the tip of the spear. It shows you how important your roles are, and you still get these really cool badass uh training to go i mean how many people you know they say like those who serve you know veterans make up one percent of the population right Mm -hmm. of that one percent how many how many individuals could say that they jumped out of a plane and went through airborne school not a lot right Um, yeah um but but then then when you get when when you go into that and that, that, that population of, of individuals who went through airborne school, you get a wide range of, of indi- individuals, whether they're, they're, they're infantry, Green Berets, to, to all, all the support services that, that are critical to carrying out an operation. So yeah. that, 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 that's pretty cool. I just, I just wanted to put that out there and, and highlight that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, and cooks are yeah, cooks are very like don't 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 believe what anybody tell you. Cooks are very important. You can't an army can't fight if it can't eat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so is it, you know, I, I remember like the, the, the cliches that are out there. Like, are, are you peeling like thousands of potatoes, you know, old school? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like you see them in like cartoons. That, that, that's what, you know, I used to envision before my, my military experience where, where obviously <laughs> it's it's not like that in the, you know, the, those cliches where somebody's in the back of the kitchen peeling potatoes for not oh like it was a punishment oh you you, you got kp duty go go peel some potatoes you know <laughs> um, oh man i don't think man, it was now, like the worst the worst punishment we we ever gotten was just whenever like the first sergeant i'm pretty sure it was the first sergeant we get upset with us and we would have to stand outside like i remember the, one time it was like one or two o'clock in the morning somebody did something um they took like too much food out of the kitchen like they tried to sneak it out yeah and pretty much the entire uh I don't think that the entire it was the entire unit. I can't remember specifically, but um, there was at least a good like platoon of us that had to go outside and stand outside for like three or four hours, and it sucked because uh, I had the morning shift that time. So after standing out there for three hours, waiting for him to say whatever he wanted to say, then I had to go to work like immediately. So I was like dead tired working like the morning shift in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, why? <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I I, I learned like yeah, th- there's consequences to actions and behaviors, right? Um, and, and it's it's like the short term temporary punishment, but it's interesting how the group kind of like reinforces that. Good, like, don't let this happen again, because you know your actions resulted in the group being punished. So the the group mm-hmm. has an interesting way of of modifying an individual's behavior for the right reasons. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I, so I, I imagine that that individual never did that again. And if they did, yeah, they, yeah, because it's, it's always about teamwork. So yep. it, it, it it's strange, but it weirdly works. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, that, 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 that's pretty cool. So, um, no, that's interesting. So, so you went from South Carolina to, yeah, I know your duty station was Fort Bragg, which is in North Carolina. Well, where was mm-hmm. your MOS training at? Like, what, what, what base or f- fort, you know, what installation were you at when you went 
for your uh, MOS training? For I went to uh, what was it called? Uh, Fort Lee. That was in Virginia. Oh, okay. All right. Um, and uh, that was um, that was an interesting uh, time. After all my training was done, I ended up becoming a holdover for about I think it was about a month. Uh, so this is this is hilarious. So. I was originally, around halfway through AIT, they figured out everyone's duty stations. I was originally going to go to Alaska, and I had actually gotten all my shots and stuff for it. And so, for me, uh, right when the training was done for AIT, they were like, if you're a contract, you go here. If you volunteered for Airborne while you were you know, still training at AIT, they had to still file these paperwork. So you got to be hold over for like a month, or not a month, like a week or two, and then they send you over. Uh, it was on my contract, so I just assumed I should be able to go, but... The NCO, uh, my NCO at the time, told me that my name's on, not on it. They know it's on my contract, but they know, like, but I'm not on the list to go train yet. So I was like, huh, that's weird. So I ended up becoming a holdover for pretty much a month. And around, like, I think, like, the second week, I asked my first sergeant. I was cleaning, uh, I think I was cleaning up, like, one of the offices, um, and he was around. So I asked him, like, first sergeant, what, what's going on? Like, why, you know, it, it was on my contract. Like, why am I, you know, why is this going, why is, why is this happening? Why am I a holdover? And uh, he found out that uh, apparently someone lost my paperwork at Fort Benning. They couldn't uh, find it. Oh, wow. So I was like, wait a, wait, wait a second. I, it's on my contract. I was, you, you already knew. They knew in advance I'd be coming here after AIT was done. And someone just lost it. <laughs> Isn't there like a digital backup? Like what year is this? 2006? That's what I, that's what I thought. It was, it's 2013 when this happened. But I was like, wait a second. This can't be right. Hang on. <laughs> What did they send it up with the Pony Express with the telegram? Like, like seriously, like, where, you're telling man. me that was the one and only piece of documentation? <laughs> I, man, I, don't, I, I wish I knew because it took them so long that because of, I think it was like, it's like, I think the, the system worked, it, it works like slots. So if someone takes up like a slot, they go yeah. there, but if it takes too long, you're not there, then they replace it with somebody else. Yeah, so somebody who's on standby or whatever, hey, this is an opening, can you, you know. Yeah. yeah, so someone took my slot, and by the time they finally figured it out, I ended up going to Fort Bragg instead. A lot of my friends ended up going to uh, Korea, and a few others went to Bragg. I was actually, I think, the only one out of the unit, or not the unit, um, in AIT at the time, we were supposed to go to Alaska, but that got changed. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, that's a bummer. I, I heard that's, yeah, yeah. that's quite the experience up there. <laughs> yeah, to this day, I'm just like, they cursed you, whoever lost that paperwork. <laughs> yeah. They, they, <laughs> I could have yeah. fought a moose. Oh my goodness, man! Wow, that unfortunately that that comes with with the territory sometimes with the large organization things get. Ah, it's fine. Yeah, eh, eh. I'm over it now. It happens. Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like you know it wasn't like compared to most things in the military. I'm like, eh, that's minor. I yeah, guess it's it. Yeah, it kind of it worked itself out. So mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, cool. In what ways has the military transformed your life? Um, there's a lot of things, this question, so let's see, I'll try not to make it too long. I would say it gave me a lot of, uh, I think the big one's perspective. Coming out of high school and doing the military and learning things about the world and what I, and what I, uh, know, it built up more over time as, uh, over the years as they go by, but I re- I realized how, I, I had it hard growing up in life, it wasn't, uh, easy for me. But even still, like there are people out there, whether it's in America or other countries, that they have it not the best. America is not perfect, obviously. Uh, no, nowhere in the world is. But it, it's 
the military has shown me that there is um, there's a lot to be thankful for when, despite some of the nonsense you deal with, the you know the camaraderie with with other soldiers, friends, uh, the family bonds that you that you make coming yeah. out and making the bonds with other veterans and people out there and learning things that I've learned. I realized that I try to be more thankful for things, always be more gratitude for a lot of things, try to be nice because I guess. I learned really quickly that it can it can end really quickly. Like life is life is too short. Yeah. Um, to just try to take every small thing seriously, I try to do my best to. Uh, sometimes I, I sometimes I fail at it, but sometimes I do. My, I try to do my best to keep an open mind and to be very thankful for the things that I have because, you know, there's some there are people out there who really really don't have it as well as I do, and I say that's like that's like the big thing the military has taught me because. You know, for that time, anyway, I thought, like, you know, dealing with all the training and everything, I was like, man, I'm in the worst, you know, worst spot in the world. <laughs> you know, I'm just cold, cold, pissed, and tired a lot of the time. But it, it, it sometimes it doesn't mean anything to other people. So I try to keep – that's one – that's, like, the biggest thing that transformed about my life, thanks to the military. Perspective. It added uh, a layer of, of perspective uh, that, that has helped you kind of view the world and kind of, like – help meet yourself where you're at in the moment and 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 you know give, give put some tools in your toolbox to mm -hmm. to to be you right as, as yeah as cliche as that sounds you know if, if i'm if i'm hearing that right well that, that's what i'm hearing yeah yeah try not to grow out of my ego and stuff it's just always try to try to stay humble stay grounded just yeah. try to you know never go to you know just that's that's just basically the big word. Just stay grounded. <laughs> and, and, and that's great because it's 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 really important to be uh, pragmatic and and uh, with with ourselves. And what I mean by that is to to meet ourselves with our is to acknowledge when we're having some tough times and having those rough days or a, a period in our life that is is rough. But you know, challenging ourselves to say, hey, yeah, this this is tough. This is challenging and outright overwhelming in some ways. But I'm mm -hmm. thankful for X, Y, and Z. Or I have these tools in my toolbox to get through this to empower me through that. And and that that's really important to do. And and I, I'll generalize here a little bit. You know, everyone I talk to, uh, whether it's through the Veteran Power Hour or you know just with my own veteran experience, I hear that a lot on how it the 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 experiences we have in the military help us kind of assess and identify the big picture to, to help us. Yeah, this is tough. Um, I'm going through a tough time, but I have X, Y, and Z tools and resources, and most importantly, an outlook to, mm -hmm. to um, get through the next, to get through this phase, if you will. Right. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So it's no, no, that, that's pretty quiet. Cool. I appreciate you, you sharing that because in the moment we may not always be aware of what we're uh, absorbing you know, but through hindsight and just through reflection and additional experiences, it puts that, you know, what, like you said, that perspective into perspective, you know, yeah. um, and, and not to have too much of a play on words here, but it really does. You know, we have to have a perspective of a perspective that we experience in a given, you know, experience, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm very thankful for the military for that. Oh, cool. Well, I know because I know you got a great story here being a Montgomery County Community College student. Um, and I, I want to highlight that a little bit. But, you know, I want to ask you one more question uh, regarding your military experience, you know, and sure. and um, 
a piece of this, and it's it's been over over the last uh, you know couple. Thank you for your service portions. The hopeful wanderer has been naturally incorporated into the the conversation that we're having here now. And mm-hmm. what what do I mean by that? Is you know when we get at the when we transition from active duty military or for reserves or guard, you know, it, it, we go on this path um, that could feel like we're wandering. But the mm-hmm. intent and the goal is for us to be hopeful. And hopeful when what I mean by that is to access resources that can help us get through those those challenging times or those overwhelming times or those moments we have that are lost in translation. And a lot of that can happen when we decide uh, to go to school, to, to further our education or to pursue mm-hmm. a path that's going to put us in a career, right? Yeah. And, and, and the military, serving in the milita- military really sets us, sets us up for that with the GI Bill, with all the resources that are in place. So whether it's an intangible, you know, helps us be disciplined and, and focus and, and identify that goal. Like I want to go to school to achieve X, right? X being um, a degree that will lead to a respective career, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and then also the, the tangibles are the resources that they that you get for, for, from the GI Bill. So, and I know um, we, we, we've had some, some, some conversations um, about the the GI Bill and and us having worked together over the last few years, right? But be, before mm-hmm. we go into that, I, I would like to ask you one more question um, regarding your military service, and this is for for the general population. So for for all our civilian listeners and and even other veterans, it doesn't it's not just for civilians. But what would you like the civilian population to know about veterans transitioning back to society at what I like to call their home base? Um, I'd like to know. I would say, in, ooh, that's a good one. I would say have them know that um, <clears throat> maybe just be very patient with okay. uh, with veterans. I've noticed a lot with um, not so much with me, but with other veterans, where they'll try to get like a job or go through like whether it be school, whether it's like not really so much at Monco, I see, but like in other schools where they don't really, in terms of like the aid that they could get, it's not very good if very little at all it doesn't really do anything and when the civilian population isn't really patient with us in terms of like how we act because we're very a lot of a lot of like veterans are blunt we just get straight to the point a lot of the time like we don't really like to sugarcoat things i don't like to sugarcoat anything yeah so you know and i know in the civilian world sometimes you kind of have to do that uh with some people me i, I still really don't but yeah <laughs> they 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 get they get annoyed by that, and they're like, "Oh, it's a mil- it's a military veteran. He's just going to want to, you know, be mean to people." And so that's like, no, 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 we're not. No one's trying to be mean or anything like that. That's not quite what it is. It's it's sort of like a um, what's what's the term I'm looking for here? It, it's sort of a um, uh, it's an asshole that's looking out for your well being. Like yeah. they'll tell you straight how it is, but they're not trying to steer you wrong. You know, there are some bad apples out there, so be careful what advice you take. But no one's trying to. No veteran will. At least the ones I meet won't try to steer you wrong in the weird direction and just be patient with them when they talk to you in a manner that you may interpret as rude or in reality it's just that's just for a lot of us that's how we were spoken to and how we speak to others yeah you know so that's that I, I would say yeah just have the patience and just don't make an assumption on who we are like don't assume that we're all crazy don't assume that all we ever want to do is be mean to other people all because like you know we've had it rough in the military it's just like yes we've a lot of 
veteran's gone through a lot of stuff, more, a lot more than me for sure, definitely. But don't take that as like them trying to be rude to you and stuff like that. They're trying to like the really good ones are just trying to steer you on a good path. They're not trying to tell you wrong. It's just life experience. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a saying in the military that once you join the military, you age by ten years, like what, like spiritually or mentally yeah. or something like that. You know, they're you know once you do it, you know. In military long enough, you're you know you you're, you're like 22, and in reality you're 32. It just goes from there. Yeah, it, it definitely could feel like a force multiplier, right? As far as yeah. like uh, um, the, those experiences to to, to exponentially kind of amplify the, those sort of perspectives, you know? Um, yeah. Well, Brandon, that that is that's great feedback. That that is really good advice. I, I appreciate you, you sharing that and. But, you know, um, while you were sharing that, you know, something came to mind. And mm-hmm. this this acronym that I'm going to share, it's called UDA, uh, Oscar, Oscar, Delta Alpha, uh, mm-hmm. was designed by a fighter pilot. And what it stands for is Observe, Orient, Decide, Act. And th- that was a tactical action that f- fighter pilots w- would use when they're in, in, you know, flying a fighter plane, right? But we mm-hmm. could absolutely use that in our transition, uh, whether it's immediately out of the service or th- th- there's no timeline as far as like, okay, I no longer have to use UDA. We should always use it. We should. We have to challenge ourselves and and um, discipline ourselves to UDA to observe, orient ourselves, decide, act. Now I'll put a I'll put a map spin on it. I I I like to use the the triple P method. A little bit easier to remember in my mind. All right. That's where we mm-hmm. pause, we pause, we process, and we proceed. So when we're engaged or we're in a moment where we're a little bit overwhelmed, we have to take pause. We have to process it, and then we could we could plan, meaning we could eventually take action. So it's yeah. it's really interesting how um, military acronyms, techniques, strategies could lead to everyday strategies as well and that that's just what came to mind when, when you were sharing that to so when a civilian population may not understand or they're having a hard time understanding the the takeaway could be hey listen to understand versus responding right and that's something we should all do as human beings regardless if we're the veteran or trying to understand buddy but take the time to just understand right to see where this person is at so we can meet help them meet themselves where they're at and mm-hmm. and we could collaborate right it sounds yeah. easy but no it isn't it's really hard to do that takes a lot of work on all parties part all people who are involved in that so um just just wanted to share that with you because as you were sharing your perspective you know i was like wow this, this is this is really good stuff and it, it, it this is where we could share motivating um and and techniques to help each other out and then that's what what this truly represents on the thank you for your service to ex- share exchange ideas it doesn't matter if the veteran has served you know uh, uh, one contract or you get the retiree who served 24 years we we come together we share ideas and we get better from it right yeah you know mm-hmm. it, it, we keep ourselves in check right and, you know mm-hmm. in, in a good way in a very solution focused result oriented manner so well, I appreciate that. So, so really great story. Loved hearing about your airborne story, how you got in, in, into the army. So, mm-hmm. you know, as as I opened up and mentioned, you 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 are a Montgomery County Community College student, mm-hmm. and and 
you are in transition into uh, taking some classes here in in the summer. We, we talked a little bit about that, but you know we'll talk a little bit more about that here shortly. But how did you get connected to Montgomery County Community College? I pretty much uh, after I got out, uh, my sister wanted me to look up some schools, uh, which college I wanted to go to, and I was having trouble figuring it out at the time because my big point was uh, I don't want to spend any like real money. I want something close by, nothing long. Yeah, and. We looked at Monco. At first, I wasn't thinking of even going to Monco because I didn't hear many great things about it when I was in high school. But going there now, I'd say the best decision, one of my best decisions I've made in life. There's just so much I've learned there. It is, it's it's a great place. I, I really really like it, and I miss a lot of the people there. Yeah. Well, you're you're what's what's really a critical resource. With you know, we have a great veteran resource center. We have a great network. And, you know, you're always welcome there. It is always a, a resource because, you know, I, I know you're taking this semester off and, and transitioning into uh, taking classes w with us in the summer and in the fall. And that's OK. You know, like, like you know, well, one of the hardest things and we talked a little bit uh, about this before we started the, our conversation. One of the hardest things we could do is is meet ourselves where excuse me, um, where we are at and acknowledge the, the circumstances because it's not easy to set a goal you know it's not easy to have a clear defined path like the, the military makes it very easy for us you, you go to basic training you, you're it's it's very structured it's very linear you know yeah. one objective leads to the next so on and so forth it takes you just have to show up and have a good attitude and do you know and ask for help when you need it and, and the rest falls in the place well, yeah coming to college is not like that yeah it's a great starting point but you, you're you're in uncharted territory, like like you were talking about, like in um, jumping out of the plane for the first time. It's it's uncharted territory, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it takes it takes some time. It takes an adjustment period. It's it's overwhelming, like basic training was, like these advanced trainings that you went through in in the military. And that's okay. But what well, when you acknowledge it, that that's that's the important part. Like, all right, I know this is tough. This is overwhelming. I'm not real sure. I just know this is a starting point for me. So. I just I always like to highlight that I'm a proud community college graduate myself, and I'm not just saying that because I work here at a community college now, but it is a great starting point, especially for veterans um, and who who have the GI Bill who need help sorting themselves. It is an amazing starting point because it leads to so many different other uh, opportunities and options, right? It it it's, it's it does a, yeah. It's a safe zone to figure things out, right? To process things. We're going back to my triple P method. It allows us to pause, process, and proceed, you know, in, in a very uh, solution-focused, you know, way. So, um, mm -hmm. just wanted to share that. But I, I want to yeah. highlight a quick story because you and I first got connected almost three years ago when, when, when I was a new employee here at Montgomery County Community College in my role as the manager of veteran services. Um, and I called the help desk, which you, you were uh, working at at the time. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I forget what with the contact, what I needed help with to reset my, I needed help logging into something. And then, you know, I introduced myself, I, I introduced my new position. And then that's where you said, oh, hey, I'm a veteran and I'm connected. And from there, we, we, we connected and, and worked, we worked together. Um, so I, I, yeah. why am I sharing that one? It's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool to get connected like that. Uh, by chance um, and circumstance through calling the help desk. And then from there, you know, you help me understand, hey, this is what the Veteran Resource Center represents. I'm part of the student veteran organization and, and whatnot. But 
uh, you know, to talk a little bit about that and, and talk about your employment as a student worker with with, with IT in, in the help desk. What was that experience like? Uh, it was it was pretty like awesome. It's it, I, I, I can't I can't like gush over how like amazing it was to work there because um, it really was very, very good. Yeah. Um, admittedly, the pay wasn't the great. It was $10 an hour. Yes. But it was probably the first job I, I worked in my life that was so enjoyable that I was willing to stay there for as long as I could feasibly do until I had to try work for uh, another like I had to move on to IT uh, contract work so I can make more money. But uh, the IT uh, help desk there is just fantastic. People were always great. They were always nice, always, you know, learned the things I needed to learn. And just it, it, it's just very good. And I, I miss the people there. I know I know for a fact that it, it's one of those things where it's like it's one of the, it's a really nice positive memory. So it's like it gets yeah. me. It's really nice to think like to talk about them in a nice positive light because a lot of people on the campus don't appreciate how hard the IT help desk really works. Yeah. And they they do a very very fantastic job, and it's it's a job where it, I you know if I could pay more money, admittedly, <laughs> I would definitely would love to go back there because it, it's it's an amazing place. All the people there that I worked with was awesome, and I learned a lot of great stuff there from my boss uh, Jen Preston being being like the big one. He taught me a lot of stuff. He was always great to work with, along with many others. Uh, Sean, who was networking, and um, it's just so good. No, that, that that that's cool. It's it's really cool to hear hear that um, experience because you know you being a student here, but also you getting that that student experience and employment here and and whatnot. And how 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 did you find that? Like, is, is that something you pursued? Like, you know, going back to like, did the army find you, or did you find the army? You know, like, did, how, how how did that opportunity come to be for you here? So I, I actually took the initiative. So uh, at the time. I just needed I just needed a job because I had worked uh, for a windows and doors company and I worked at the uh, Emwood Park Zoo for their treetops adventures and let's see uh, it was like a summer gig for one of them I think it was the Emwood Park Zoo one stopped with that for a bit and I was like I need some I need to work into the job so I heard there's an IT help desk I'm like hey I'm good with technology I can do this so I go up there and I'm like hey uh, you guys hiring <laughs> later on the desk uh, Jen was her name she she was like uh, yeah like in about well, it was like I think it was like two weeks. We're gonna be looking for people. So yeah, put like put down your name. We'll give you an interview and stuff. So yeah, I showed up for the interview two weeks after, and you know, passed and got the job, and then I worked from there. <laughs> oh, that, that that that's pretty cool. Cause I, I you know I'm not just saying this as an employee, but the IT department is is great here and and amazing. And just at other institutions I worked at as well, like everything is linked nowadays to information technology, and it's mm-hmm. it's a great. Uh, starting point if, if you will especially for like an entry-level student job to give you a full perspective and a range of, of uh, how the operations work essentially hey you know this off you know this department relies on us to do x y and z so on and so forth so it it, it could really help you identify like what a long-term career goal is you know and where you see yourself so that's a good segue i hope that's a good segue into <laughs> asking you like what career goals do you have based off your educational experience and w- what you've earned here so far, that experience you had working at, as, a, uh, as a student employee in the IT department, what, what, how would you define you know, your career goals and what would you like to, see, where, where do you see yourself in, you know, uh, based off those experiences? Uh, with everything I've learned, my, my big goal, 
I would say, in terms of a career field, it's I would say it's sort of split between maybe not split, like maybe like two, like so, like the initial goal right now uh, is to. This is going to sound a little strange because I, I started with game design. Okay. Went pretty far enough in, into that um, and changed to IT. And some and I still love like game design as a whole. Uh, I'll admit that in some areas I'm not the greatest at it. Um, you know, I'm still thankful for people like Jason Wurtz and Robert Nally, really great professors. Um, um, they're still very good um, and whatnot. And uh, I still have a love for that game design field. Um, and going into IT, it's like I want to do – I still want to do IT work, but probably more on the side because I would like to go into probably another field like science. Okay. Because uh, I'm, I'm in the midst of probably changing careers. Um, either that or maybe trying another attempt at game design, but maybe instead of like game design itself, uh, I was told by a friend I could try game – like game voice acting, see if I can do like voice acting stuff and try my hand at that. Um, so it, it's it's still up in the air right now. So I'm of me deciding which one, but IT is definitely going to stick because I know I'm good at it. So I can definitely do that as a job for a while. Yeah. Um, and, and it sounds like it's a good just again. I don't have an IT formal background, but it sounds like it's a good baseline for you to build off of. Right to to yeah, yeah. to to branch off and to, to do those like game design if you wanted to it gives you you know I, I it the way I understand it is is is, is a, a foundation to all organizations regardless if you're you know a college uh, an institution uh, educational institution you know military organization you you name it it you know um and and then from there you just kind of modify it into so it, you, yeah. you definitely and, and it's good to that you have those goals and you have a general idea because talking about it, you know, when you say it out loud, it, it actually does something. It's like, it puts a mm -hmm. perspective, you know, because it's internally, we, we have all sorts of good self-talk um, and sometimes it's negative, but in general, it's like, hey, this is what I'm thinking about. But when you get it out loud, it, it puts it into another perspective. And, and obviously you get to share it with other people for them to give you feedback, right? Yeah, and I, I was going to add to it that my long-term goal right now is, uh. Uh, if I could, I would like the, if I were to own a business, um, I would love to own like sort of like a sort of part internet cafe, part like gaming cafe. Yeah. Uh, that way, like people can come in, they can play like video games on like computers and get like some like simple snacks and coffee, just so they can just chill out and play with like they can bring in friends and like play video games on computers and stuff. Because um, I got the idea from a place called uh, when I well. One came from the army. There was like a gaming cafe at Fort Benning that allowed you to play video games for like a little fee. And then there was another. There's another place. I think it's in Lansdale called like Lasky. Um, they allow you to play like PC games and stuff. I was like, wow, that'd be great if I owned like a business like this. And you know, it gave me ideas. So like, yeah, if I owned a business, that was something I would love to do. Well, that's that's great. I, I'm going to share a quote with you because again, as I'm listening to to you and and processing what you're saying. Um, here's a quote that I want to share. And it's by Zig Ziglar. I, did you know who that is? Uh, <laughs> Zig Ziglar. So he, he's the what? 1980s version of like Tony Robbins. And um, I think what's Simon's last name, that motivational speaker who's known for a lot of positive motivational quotes. He's like the 1980s version of, of the a motivational speaker. Right. So the, mm -hmm. if, if you look him up, Zig Ziglar, he has all sorts of motivational books out there. But here, here's his quote, and I want to share with you so it, it's something for you to, to you know, hopefully, you know, you, you, you put in your toolbox, right? 
Um, what you get by achieving your goals is not as important as what you become by achieving your goals. I'll say it one more time for all listeners out there. By Zig Ziglar, what you get by achieving your goals is not as important as what you become by achieving your goals. And again, it's a combination of of what you know, sharing your experience and where you're at, and also to go back to the hopeful wanderer piece, right? It's it's great to have goals, and when you achieve those, that's awesome. But you know, when we achieve something, it's like our right, objective met, right? Now what's next? What what what's the next thing? And that builds character. That helps you, you know, like like Zig Ziglar said, it's like, hey, this is who I'm becoming as a result of achieving X, Y, and Z, right? So I just wanted to share that with you because that, that that that's what I'm hearing you saying. It's like, hey, you know, I'm 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 focused on IT. I have these great ideas. I'd love to own a business, and that's a, you're allowed to change. You're, you're you're allowed to modify that. You're you're allowed to adjust that but keep those ideas going keep those goals going because that that's what's going to lead that's going to reinforce the character that you have and who you are brendan and also to help you identify really solidify those goals and turn those goals like we dream dreams turn into goals goals turn into reality right and mm-hmm. and so just and that's i you know going back to the montgomery county going back to the community college model this is a great foundation for you to do that we don't hit it out of the park our first time we're in the batter's box, right? Well, we're going to strike out. You know, it's, it's, if you think about baseball percentage, right? What's a good batting average? Between three and 400? That's like really good, right? Yeah. So that, you're telling me I'm only going to make contact with the ball three out of 10 times, right? If, if yeah. we, we want to crunch numbers, right? Just, I, I remind myself, I, I, I love sports, I love metaphors in sports. So it's like, hey, you know, we're not going to hit it out of the park every time we get in the batter's box, right? But if even if you're batting 200, yeah, you, you could get, you know, they, hey, you know, that's like that's that that'll get you the big leagues sometime if if you're consistent hitting between 200 and 300 and you can field the ball, you got good defense, that might get you that might get you to the big leagues one day, you know? But anyway, that that's just my my baseball uh, analysis analogy. So. I was going to say to that, uh, to what you said, to the analogy, it's like, so if I set a big goal to making a sandwich and eating it, does that, does that improve my character? Hey, in the <laughs> moment, like, I ate yeah. one sandwich. Can I, can I have a glass of milk for the next goal? <laughs> I'm sorry. It, no, it is. It, it, again, goals don't have to be this big monumental, monumental achievement. You know, we, we don't let like, I'm, you know, we don't have to climb Mount Everest to feel like we achieve something. Right. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like the ultimate most you know uh uh dramatic uh example i could use but mm-hmm. we're allowed to win those small bat like you said even if it's just like we're having a rough day and you're overwhelmed and it's like all right you know i, I you know i made the sandwich i knocked it out i crushed it and you know and and that 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 that, that gets momentum that gets traction that that that, that helps so um eh, just, just sharing just, just sharing that with you all right Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, and and then you know, last bit because you know we're, we're running close on time here, and I, I want to reserve some time to talk about the song you want to dedicate to the v, the Veteran Power Hour. But real quick, um, and I wish we had more time. And this is something we could revisit. You're always welcome here on the Veteran Power Hour. We we, we love to have you back. But just talk about the Student Veteran Organization real quick and your experience w- with that and what it what it means to you and what it re- represents here on Montgomery County at Montgomery County Community College? Um, what it means to me, it 
it just means that it's a nice place on campus where like me and other veterans can hang out. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be just veterans as well. Other people can uh, show up if, even if you're not a veteran. Um, but it's a nice, you know, it's a nice quiet place. Um, own little spots so we can unwind, study for a bit, keep things like focus. Um, it's a, I always uh, called it with uh, one of my friends, one of my uh, places of uh, home away from home. Yeah. You know, if, if there was a bunk in there, I, I, I'd practically sleep on it if I could, because <laughs> it's, it's just a really nice spot. Um, and just what the club like does, it, like in my experience with it was always great. You know, I remember a couple years back we did like, uh, we did like a paintball thing with the Adventure Club many years ago. Okay. Um, we did a couple activities like hiking trips and stuff. Um, it's like just many other things that we did with the Veterans Resource Center and like the club itself. It, it's just it was, it's a it's just great. If, if you're a veteran on the campus, um, I say just go there if you haven't already. It's just it's it's so it's really nice. It, it, it's it's a quiet place too. So. You know, if you're not used to being around groups of people and stuff, don't have to worry about it. You can just show up there. You can just chill out for a bit if you want to, even for like five minutes and just leave out if you need to. It's 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 nice. Well, Brent, I appreciate that because you, you highlighted both both uh, resources here. You, you, you highlighted the, the, the Physical Veteran Resource Center, and you talked mm-hmm. a little about, about the Student Veteran Organization that allows mm-hmm. veterans and, and anybody to connect to that, that group, that organization. I like to call it an infinity group. You know, a student veteran organization is, is a choice that you make to join, to be a part of something that, that uh, is, allows us to connect and collaborate. So now that we're back on campus and we're, we're, we're able to have more face-to-face events, you know, we're, we're going to bring energy back and events back to the Veteran Resource Center. And then, you know, the, the, the SVO, the Student Veteran Organization, will, will get some traction as well. So I appreciate, you, you know, you, you highlighting that. So for the, sake of, um, for the sake of time, again, Brent, I thank you for your time. I thank you for your perspective. This is a, this is a really, really good conversation we had today, and I appreciate it. Um, I appreciate you trusting me, trusting this process, and, and just sharing your, your experiences here. And on, on that note, you know, um, I have a lot of, I always say that, my favorite question, but <laughs> – my, 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 my close, I should say, my closing question is, what song do you want to dedicate to the Veteran Power Hour? And just talk talk real briefly about it, why, you know, and then that we could add that to the Veteran Power Hour playlist. Well, this is the part where everyone's going to get disappointed because I'm not the greatest when it comes to uh, musical history. Okay. Um, so the song is from, I believe they're called uh, Operation Left Coast. Okay. Um, the song in particular is called uh, You Don't Know the Half of This. And it was just something I like. I just like in terms of like, I I really just picked it because, considering what's uh, like my current life events, uh, when someone asks me like a question on certain things, I'm just like, man, you don't know the half of the nonsense I have to deal with on a regular basis. <laughs> um, so that's 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 kind of why um, that's pretty much why I picked the song. Um, I think that's actually I think it's the album name actually, not the the actual or not the. I can't remember. That's See, okay. That, that's why I'm not the greatest with like songs. Like don't that you can't don't put me in charge of a record company. I run that place into the ground. <laughs> that's all right because you you gave me the link. It's gonna it's starting to play now. So, uh, but Brandon, again, thank you. You're always welcome here. Your your perspective and experience has been great. I appreciate your time um, to everyone listening and accessing this podcast. I appreciate your time as well, and we look forward to staying connected on the Veteran Power Hour and the thank you for your service. And keep in mind, we're, 
we want you to be a hopeful wanderer. So on that note, this concludes the, this week's Veteran Power Hour. Thank you for being here and take care. You too. Thank you, man. Yo, we doing it out here too. The whole West Coast, baby. We live the coast, check this shit out. Yo, back up on the lip profession. Pull your vocal weapon. Real MCs is testing in mini session. I pull a Smith and Wesson. Watch my verbal dirty, heavy blessing. Sketching my plan as a catch him. Stretch him. Angle unbelievable, conceivable rhyme flow. You ask your man, he know. My boulevard hit hard. We leave scars on your sun, moon, star. No matter who you are, the half. Divine chaos, I'm on the path. Live my life through all this bullshit. Pull your shit, not equipped, evident. Your crew not knowing your shit's irrelevant. Show true skill, make the real feel. The real deal, look on deck when I connect the IE. Illicit empire, set the crew on fire like blood.